The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event. With your host, Jason Sway. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Ben McGee is out on location. He is, he's back visiting Alabama. Jason Swain live here from the Low T Center studio. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning, Swain. How are you? Man, um... You want me? You want to know the truth, or you want me to? Um, you, you, you want me to lie to you? Well, if if you're feeling the same way that I'm feeling, since the last time we spoke, quite a bit has happened, and not feeling too hot about the things that have happened. No, not 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 happy, man. Not happy at all. Tennessee, Tennessee basketball. Had opportunity to to win even with John Fulkerson and Kennedy Chandler out, and um, there was speculation and and rumors about players having to sit out because of COVID, COVID protocols. And man, last time we did a show, I was hypothetically speaking about you know who who Tennessee couldn't afford to have out, not really knowing a hundred percent it was John Fulkerson and dang uh, Kennedy Chandler, and it was. It was those two guys. And Viscovi and, and company, you know, they fought as hard as they could. And the guys you needed to step up in Fulkerson's uh, absence did not. And um, lost that game. So that was tough. But yesterday's game, man, this, this, this loss to Purdue hits a little bit different, man. It hits way different. Do you feel like this loss, the sixth loss for Tennessee, was different than the other six losses from um, the regular season or the other five losses from the regular season? Do you feel like this one is different or same as the other ones? Yeah, I feel I feel this one is different. Uh, if if it is like any of the other losses, I would say it's like the Florida loss because up until yesterday, that was probably the worst performance of the year, uh, that, that Florida game, especially in hindsight with, with how Florida turned out. But, I mean, you held a, a lead over the ACC champs. Uh, I believe you led Ole Miss at one point, if I remember correctly. 
and, and they're playing in the Sugar Bowl, first 10-win regular season Ole Miss team in, in their program history. And, and even if you didn't lead in that football game, you, you had a chance to win it, and, and it was a very close football game. You, you led Georgia at one point. You led Alabama at one point. Those are two college football playoff teams, and one's the SEC champion, one's the SEC runner-up and the SEC East champion. And then your other loss up until yesterday was was that Florida game, which was a different Florida team at the time, but uh, in my opinion was probably the worst performance of the season up in, until yesterday. And it was just a lot of self-inflicted wounds yesterday, whereas uh, definitely Georgia, Florida, or excuse me, Georgia, Alabama, and, and Ole Miss, and, and even Pittsburgh to a certain extent, those teams were, were just simply better than Tennessee in areas, some teams in more areas than than others. But yesterday was just so many self-inflicted wounds, particularly on offense. And, I mean, it it felt like there was going to be a game in which Tennessee's offense was going to have to take over and and win the game for Tennessee because the defense kind of is what it is this year with it being year one. But – and the offense played well at times yesterday, but it feels like there was a lot left on the table. Like Hendon Hooker throws for nearly 400 yards, five touchdowns, zero interception swing, and it, it still feels like he and the, the, the receivers left a lot out on the field. And it, it kind of feels weird to say that with Tennessee putting up 663 yards of offense, but it, it just wasn't as efficient. I would say, as we've seen the offense and just a lot of self-inflicted wounds with, with penalties and, and the defense obviously was what it was. It, it was just an awful day at the office for, for that unit. So, yes, I, I do think that this loss was different than the others because I thought you beat yourself more than the opponent beat you. And aside from the Florida game, that, that was really the, the first time all season that that had happened. Yeah, man. Let me let me just throw some love out there to the Tennessee fans because uh, once again, man, they showed up. They showed out. My goodness, that was that was a a home game for Tennessee. We we expected it to be let that way, but it's different when you go into the game and you expect it than actually seeing it. And you know, I was right there in the middle of it, and it was. Um, you can kind of tell by my voice. I tried to not. I tried not to yell as as as, as much as everyone else because I knew it would affect my voice this morning. But um, I was right there. I was bo- I was booing produce band the probably the most during the battle of the bands part. They had the drum line. I don't know if you remember that part, Ben. The drum line competition mid game. Oh, I remember. I remember. So I was I was booing Purdue's, uh <laughs> I was booing the, the band. <laughs> so. You were sitting over there by the Purdue band? Oh no, 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 no. I was I was sitting um I had great seats. Um but I was sitting behind the Tennessee Tennessee bench. Okay. Um a couple rolls up and had some had some great seats. Let's just say that. But during that during that part of the game and I don't know how I feel about the in game play by play. It was it was it was a lot, it was a lot, especially when Purdue's making plays. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, and they they 
I mean, obviously that is the the Titans guy as well. So he does that during Titans games as well, and it it, it just seemed over the top because the Titans weren't playing, and because it was a Music City Bowl <laughs> that that was being put on by the city of Nashville and the Music City Bowl folks and, and Nissan Stadium. Obviously, he had to be impartial and do it for both sides. So that that made it really over the top. Yeah, it, it's something I had to get used to. I don't think I ever really got used to it, but the 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 in game drum line. It's like, oh man, somebody called Nick Cannon. Let's get him out here. Let's go. Got a little drum line going. A little battle between Purdue and um, the Pride. And um, listen, Tennessee football team might have lost that game, but the Pride of South Line Band did not lose any battle against Purdue's band. I'll tell you that right now. But um, the crowd, they showed up. Sea of Orange, they were loud. And um, I was talking to a, a VFL yesterday about this, about why this loss feels like, why is it, why does it feel different, man? Like this hurts. This stinks, man. This hurts. And what he said was spot on. That we had built our expectation level back up only for to be hit in the mouth again. Because, you know, we, we, we got excited based on how this team had played. The offense and defense and how smart our guys were playing and how hard our guys are, were playing. You had three, four weeks to rest, to heal, to spend more time together. And that long run from the tight end, where we had three guys stop playing. Uh, that's where we're starting. <laughs> that, that, that was uh, – I know the goal line play, and, and that's, that's the play everybody's most mad about, and rightfully so. But if not for, for the non-Jalen Wright touchdown, that play was the play that made me the most mad yesterday. Correct. Have, have guys – two, three guys – multiple year starters running down the sideline next to this big tight end, just not even doing anything. Ran next to him for 20, 30 yards and didn't even try to tackle him. What are we doing? No, they're trying to knock the ball out. Well, for, for odd attempt to knock the ball out. I mean, that, that the whole play, they tried to knock the ball out instead of securing the tackle. And our linebacker, our starting linebacker, stopped playing. Stop running. Listen, there's some guys on this football team that sitting there watching. Because I wasn't watching on TV. I was sitting there watching. There were some that, that left it on the line. Like, like Hendon Hooker, yeah, didn't, didn't make every throw. But man, he laid it on the line. He laid it on the line. Not one second did I say, man, come on, man. He could have he played, played a little bit harder. Cedric Tillman. No one watching that game should have said, man, Tillman, man, he could have play, played a little bit more harder. 
Just a little bit. Give us a little bit more. Not number four. Not number five. But on that play. Not number one. Not number two. No, he's, hey, on that play, man, that long touchdown tight end. That that was a problem. And the controversial call. Oh, it was it was it was BS. But I'm the one that doesn't always look right at the ref. Because there's two guys tackling Jalen Wright. Now, I did not see where Jabari Small was. I was wondering where he was, but uh, maybe someone on TV broadcast could He was banged up. He was banged up. Okay. I would imagine yeah, he, he- there's that one time, I don't know if you saw, there wasn't an injury timeout because I think there was a a possession change. Like Tennessee was on the verge of punting, but he, he limped off the field. Um, I mean, he had a pretty noticeable limp and walked back to the sideline, and then he was kind of hit or miss the rest of the game. This is why you need depth at running back. Serious depth at running back. And Jalen Wright did it. You know, he was he was as good as he, he he could have been in that situation. But instead of two guys trying to tackle him in that situation, it should have only been one because the tight end whiffed on the block. Your senior tight end that's coming back next year absolutely whiffed in the most important play of the game. They play to win. He whiffs. Instead of Jalen Wright trying to break a tackle from one defender, it's two defenders. And yes, the referee blew the whistle too early, cited forward momentum, forward progress has stopped already. Jalen Wright had reached the ball out for a touchdown. I thought it was a touchdown. Replay said 100% touchdown to me. But you're not in that situation if you make that play. On my really dark drive back <laughs> to Knoxville this morning. Did you have to deal with as much fog as I did? Yes. Driving back uh, to North Alabama? Yes, man. Uh, and and that drive is, is not fun going from Nashville to Knoxville, especially as you get close to the Oak Ridge with, with fog. It was brutal, man. That, that ride this morning was, was brutal. But that's that's all I thought about was the guys that that you that that did not have a good game. That didn't have didn't have a good day. And BJ didn't have a good day. Dane Davis didn't have a good day. That was one of my keys to the game was protecting Hendon. K. May's not playing. Gave up a sack there, a fumble. Princeton Fant had three or four drops. Had a big play at the end of the game, but before them had three or four drops. Missed that block. And these were the things that did not happen during the regular season when you were shorthanded. You had guys step up and make plays. And we didn't. And then, listen, we can look at the refs. It was bad. I agree with Peter Burns. It was it was bad. But I'm looking at the plays that we could have made. You were plus two in the turnover margin, Ben. 
Plus two, man. A quarterback threw three interceptions. How does a quarterback from the opposing team throw three interceptions and still win? And on top of that, the the one area Tennessee's defense was good was the red zone. Yes. Purdue to three field goals in the red zone. Purdue was five for five in the red zone, but I think you have to to peel the curtain back a, a little bit more than just looking at that stat because they only got touchdowns on two of those five attempts and Tennessee's defense played bend but don't break a couple of times and and held them to three field goals in in five of those red zone attempts and mm-hmm. you just said it you, you you hold them to three field goals in the red zone and you force three turnovers when the Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell hadn't thrown an interception in, in five games entering the game and you still don't win it, it just really does not make sense Man, I, I was sitting there at halftime talking to my um, my brother and my oldest daughter, and I was like, uh, Tennessee should be losing right now. I was like, we, yes. we, we're in a good spot because Tennessee, just just like we've done all season long, we show up in the first quarter, ball out, and then we do diddly-poo squat in the second quarter. It's like we forget that the, that the other team is going to respond. Like we go for the haymaker in the first quarter, we connect on the haymaker, and then we walk away – with our back to the opponent who's laying on the mat, thinking that um, they're not going to get up. And how they get up is like freaking Undertaker. They get up they get up like the Undertaker, man. And we we don't expect them to, to get up. We think the game is over. The game is not over. And then like all the other games this season, we don't do anything in the second quarter. So we score 21 points in the first quarter. We do nothing in the second quarter. Going into halftime, it's freaking Tennessee 21 and Purdue 23. And it feels like we're down a whole lot more because Purdue scored f- five times. You mentioned those field goals, and then Tennessee only scored three with three touchdowns. But it's the second quarter that that killed us all year long, and it came back to rear its ugly head again in this game. I, I tweeted quarter. the same thing you just said. T- Tennessee was lucky to be down two at halftime, as wild as that seemed. Yeah. And they should have they been up by two touchdowns Yep, if you play the second quarter. But it makes no sense to me why something like this, like playing in the second quarter and executing in the second quarter, how does it – continue to happen, and happen again in a bowl game. Like, I understand you have a personal issue and one of your weaknesses is stopping a run. Okay, cool. That's something that's going to bother you for the rest for the entire season. It is what it is. You address it during the offseason. But the play on all three levels in one particular quarter, being poor, like, I, I, don't, I don't, that makes sense to me. How does well, that continue to be an issue? Yeah, and, and the difference yesterday, Swain, was that it was all three levels of the offense, and that was that was something that was new because, you know, in, in October, November, after Hendon Hooker established himself and after Valus really started to establish himself and Cedric Tillman started to establish himself, 
I mean, it it was it was usually the offensive line that would let the offensive down and put them in bad spots. But it it was it was everybody yesterday. It, it was the offensive line giving up the the strip for the fumble right before halftime. It, it was Hendon Hooker missing guys open down the field. It was receivers seemingly running the the incorrect route because the spacing did not seem like it was intended to be. I mean, two guys in the same spot on, on multiple occasions. I would imagine that that's not how the play is is designed. That the spacing was was really poor. There there were guys that were throwing their hands up after the play as if like I I didn't think that that was the call or or didn't know the call or was confused or something. I mean, it was it was all three levels of the offense that that was confused there in the second quarter and that's what was was shocking to me Swain because that that's that's different than than what it was late October and and throughout November because we we did not see Hooker and and the receivers and the passing game in general struggle like that it's just it's just weird that's the word strange weird second quarter all season long, this is the stats in the second quarter before the Purdue game. Tennessee has been outscored or was outscored 127 to 109 in the second quarter leading up to the Purdue game. On third downs, we only converted 28% on third downs in the second quarter going into the Purdue game. Offensively, we also had five games where we failed to even convert a third down. Yeah, five games this season where in the second quarter, you didn't even pick up a first down. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Defense on third downs in the second quarter, was giving up 48%. But in the first quarter, again, leading up to the Purdue game, Tennessee had outscored opponents 169 to 44 in the first quarter. So we think that we're just going to throw this knockout punch and the game is over in the first 12 minutes. It doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Second quarter got us beat. And, you know, gave up a sack fumble, dropping passes. They get you beat. And Purdue, man, like you can feel it. After the first quarter, man, Purdue, Purdue was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the fight I want to be in. Purdue was second guessing, man. Maybe we should have, maybe we should have called out sick. I don't know. This is what we want. Man, Tennessee is for real. My goodness, what do we walk into? We walk into a hornet's nest. This is a away game. Tennessee jumped all over us. I don't know if this is what we want. And then we gave them more confidence, had them believing, going into halftime. Dude, they knew they were going to win the game. The confidence they had walking into the locker room at halftime. The crowd was rocking. On Purdue's side, going into halftime. And that's our fault. 
We gave them all the confidence in the world going into the half. Even when we come out, we came out and scored. First possession, third quarter, it didn't matter. They they believed because we gave them a chance to get back into the football game. All right, let's go to the phones. Then we got to take a break. And and it's not like Aiden O'Connell played perfect football either. We mentioned the interceptions, but he he missed as many throws yesterday as Hendon did. Yeah. Three damn interceptions, man. It's especially in the first half. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Uh, this is Dallas Vall. Dallas Vall, good morning, man. Uh, how you guys doing this morning? I'm not happy. And I'm no, tired. I'm not happy either. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out I'm still trying to figure out who was the imitators in the in the or, in the white and orange uniform. Man, that was not the team that uh, we saw during the season. That definitely was not the team. That was not the coaching staff that I've been watching all year either. Had some bad calls, man. That second, that second play, that's that that overtime play on what second down. We decided to to, to throw it, and Hendon uh, on two on the three step drop decided to 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 try to scramble. That was a terrible play call. Horrible. It was horrible. You been you been you been you been running the ball at will. You get down to the three-yard line, and then we try to get cute. Right, right, exactly. But my – throughout that whole game, the end of the fourth quarter is what really ticked me off. You have, like, 15 seconds left. Ooh. You never try to use – you never try to go to the middle of the field. You're going deep, and and all you needed was, like – five or six yards to get into field goal range, and he kept going deep. Now, my question is, was that on Hendon, or was that something designed by the coaching staff? Because, like I said, you you never tried to get into field goal range. They were going for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's I poor. Was like, yeah, I was like, okay, this play right here, we're going we gonna to hit the middle because the middle was wide open. You know, as as, as 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 bad as those commentators were, they were even saying it. The, the middle of the field is wide open. And when Hendon went deep to uh, to Tillman, I'm like, okay, Josh, uh, 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 I, I'm dumbfounded. Like, why weren't the coaches? using the timeout that he had to try to get in the field goal range to win the game. Dallas Vaughn, we we had a perfect sequence right before the half against Kentucky. I don't know if you remember that. but I remember. That was – dude, we, we moved, the fo- moved the football so, so well, so smooth, so clean. Kick the field goal right before the half, and that was that was really the sequence of the game against Kentucky. You showed us that you can do that with the game on the line. It was like it was like a first first game running two minute drill. I understand going deep right. to Tillman that one time. It was listen, it was there, and he he was beating guys. I get it, but time is running out, and that's a low percentage throw. But to come back and try to do it again. No, Velas was the first one. Excuse me. Yeah, Velas was, was the first. Velas was the first one, and, one. and then we came and back to Tillman. 
Yeah, but like, and then on the Tillman one, the 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 DB was holding on for dear life. Yeah, so like, yes, he was. T- Tillman had one fifty, three touchdowns. Tillman should have had two fifty because there was a po- point in the game where like we we didn't we didn't try to get him the ball anymore. He like he was beating his dude all day long. But anyways, you're right, Dallas Vol. Yeah. Very, very, very disappointed in that in that last sequence in um, regulation because we should have got our kicker down in a better spot to be able to kick that field goal at a reasonable distance. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, my other issue was uh, number four, the cornerback number four, all of the oh, pass interference. Now, my question is, do you – I know we're seeing at quarterback. Should they have taken him out or, I mean, what, what – They did. What was the – It's too late, oh, though. Okay. <laughs> they took – Theo Corner. Jackson was playing was playing uh, Corner. Corner on the last Purdue possession in regulation, but it was too late. It was too late. Juan Burrell was – he had a couple calls going up, up against him. Um, he was walking on the f- football field. I saw where William Martinez and Josh Heupel had to tell him to, to jog off. Uh, he was on the, still trying to talk to the refs during the PAT. Bro, it's over. You're not getting a call right now. So you got you got beat. They didn't call it, and he he mentally just just wasn't there. He was frustrated. So um, they picked on him. They picked on him the same way South Alabama picked on him, like everybody else has picked on him. And I just I knew the Alante Taylor. Absence will be something that Tennessee will have to get over. But I figured that Purdue's departures were going to be more detrimental to them than it was for us. And they're two best players to be in play. Over eight players out that game. Over eight players. And I was like, you know, and I'm not a betting betting man. I hit up one of my homeboys and say, hey, I want to put some money on this Tennessee game. Because I know this is about to be a blowout. At the end of the – at halftime, I'm asking him, hey, did you make that bet? Can I get my money back? <laughs> because I was not feeling good at all about the, about this game because they allowed Purdue to – Purdue knew they were going to win this game. I, I, yep. I truly believe in my heart that they knew that they had us they had us beat. And for a a wide receiver with exactly no need to go for over 200 yards receiving, like every time this guy caught the ball, it took him 10 minutes to get off the ground because he was always hurt. But he found a way to burn those DBs. Yeah, it's- and I was I, I I couldn't believe it, but um, I thank you guys. Continue to criticize, criticize, criticize because that was not Tennessee. And being congratulations to you and your wife. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Hope you have a happy new year, Swain. To me, you too. What Dallas Fall just said uh, about Purdue's players being able to step up, and you mentioned it as well. To me, I, I thought about this on the way home. That is the difference between Josh Heupel being in year one and Jeff Brom being in year five. I, I don't care that, that one 
logo is the power T and the other one is the, the sissy P but the, to me that, that was the difference in, in one program being in year one and one program being in year five because Purdue had system players that could step up and, and make plays and, and they understood the system and have been in the the program for several years and, and Tennessee just with, with guys struggling with guys out they, they just did not have enough bodies 217 yards, two touchdowns by dudes whose name is Brock. <laughs> That's the guy last week. I was like, man, you can't be losing to a dude, or early this week, you can't be losing to a dude. Can't let a receiver named Brock beat you. And that's exactly what he did. He was awesome. He was out there killing us. Killing us. Got us driving all the way to Nashville in the fall to watch a dude named Brock put on a highlight reel. Brock Thompson. Ugh. Well, I kept getting confused. I, I, I was sitting in the press box, and every time I heard his name, I thought they were saying Bryce Thompson, and it was, it was confusing the mess out of me, thinking that Tennessee's Bryce Thompson was back. Tennessee could have used Bryce Thompson last night. 217 yards. Wasn't even, wasn't even as good as Cedric Tillman. Tillman should have had 250 yesterday. 865-255-03. We'll take our uh, we'll take a break and then we'll come back. We'll go to the phones. We'll hit up the text box. Brock. Man, you gotta be kidding me. 865-255-03. Be right back. Can you let it? If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. 
Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Ben, and uh, we're going to go to Tennessee Trash Pandas is on with us this morning. Uh, good morning, Tennessee Trash Pandas. Hey, good Friday morning to y'all. How you doing? Oh man, I'm, we we are alive. We're breathing. Um, I'll be honest, man. I'm not happy about hey, what I saw man, last I'm night. Thinking, I'm still trying to digest it myself. Uh, man, I tell you what, um, we really we're going to be hurting pretty pretty bad in that secondary if we don't go out and try to get us some ball players in this transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, um, first of all, I got to tip my hat off to Purdue. They. They just completely dominated us. Yep. On the line of scrimmage, and I, I just really can't put it to words how to feel about it. It's just first of all, I just want to say, if I'm the Titans organization, I am completely ashamed of myself for even the quality of film. The, the field quality yesterday was just horrendous. Watching it from home, I could only imagine what it looked like live. But it just seemed like nobody could get their footing. Nobody could get their placing. I, I, w- I went back and rewatched the play where Hendon lost his footing in the, uh, um, I think it was late in the third quarter. And, man, I went back and watched it. And, and, and you know, you can really get somebody hurt playing on a field like that. You know, it looked like his knee about buckled up underneath him. And it's just poor, poor fishing all around. Um. Yeah, man. It's just to me. It seemed like did, did these kids not work with each other during the during the off period? Can they not? Because it just seemed like the receivers and Henry were just so off target with each other. Well, I mean, you, and, you can work. You can, I mean, you can work as much as you can. But think about it, uh, trash painters. You're working. You're going up against your own DBs. Your own DBs are the ones that got yeah. torched out there by a yeah, dude named Brock. So you you're going to get your going to get your own DBs. You're probably torching them in practice. Is it really helping you improve? So, um, yeah, it, 
overall, I'd have to say it was probably the poorest performance of the year, hands down. Uh, a lot of questionable calling, a lot of questionable calling by Banks, too, man. If I know my secondary is that depleted, why not put more pressure on this? You know the quarterback's not – now, I've not watched a lot of Purdue football over the year, but I know, you know, it, it seemed like to me that quarterback was not that athletic that he could get out of the pocket and really make some plays for the leg. If it was – I mean, I mean, granted, I'm not a defensive quarterback by no stretch of the imagination, but you would think that if you're that depleted on the secondary, why not put some more pressure on them guys to try to cause some more chaos to, to, to get that quarterback out of rhythm? I mean, it – we made a we made a kid that was literally a walk on look like Drew Brees out there. I mean he it it just doesn't make any sense to me. And going back to like the caller said before, I just I, I hate to say it, but I feel like we walked into this thing so confident that we just kind of kind of forgot what forgot that we were still in a ball game. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed like to me that. The play calling was off. The, the the kids came out and didn't really have any focus to them. Um, you know, just looking at some of the body language from Hendon, he just seemed a little overly confident in himself early in the game. And I'm wondering if maybe those comments that the defensive back coach made about his percentage over the middle down the deep affected our play calling and affected Hendon's uh, 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 judgment on maybe you know he was trying to prove something or show something to them boys. Um, it just I, I just I'm lost to words to see what I mean. We, we got to get something done. I don't know how how many we signed. We signed like what 20, 20 players. Yes. During signing period, so we got what about seven seven scholarships available. Yes. I tell you, man, if, if it was up to me, I'd toss all seven of them in the transfer portal. I'd, I'd try to bring in as many. SEC quality defensive backs and linebackers, and heck, even some 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 linemen that I possibly can. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, if, if we feel that if, if they don't improve dramatically over the off season, we're in a world of hurt coming in next year, and it could be a very long season for us. I, I hate to, I hate to say. It. Well, I mean, the, what you don't want, and thanks for the phone call, Trash Panthers, is you, is you don't want to duplicate what you did this past season, which I think would would happen if you don't address some of these these glaring needs. Now, um, when you have a depleted secondary, the last thing you want to do is go blitz everybody and leave them on the island. You saw what happened on Purdue's first touchdown uh, when they threw the the post route backside, and I think it left Deshaun Rucker by himself. And um, that's 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 what you would see more of if you did what you want to do there, trash pandas. But what you what you need to do is get pressure with your front four and have more guys in coverage, tip passes, and get interceptions. And that's what Tennessee was able to do when they did get their hands on balls. I mean, you had Bryce Young in coverage picking the ball off because you got pressure up front, and you sent you know you had more guys in coverage. That's that's the ideal situation right there. Um, their quarterback. It wasn't like he was a walk-on all season long, man. That, that quarterback threw for 40, 74% all season. So he was extremely accurate all season long. Um, you know, just because we didn't watch Purdue football didn't, didn't does not mean that that kid is not good. Like, that kid's good. That's That kid's good. And Ben said it earlier, five games without a pick. So Tennessee did a good job, you know, getting their hands on the balls. They just didn't do it more than they, than they should have. I mean, Jeremy Banks had a pick six. 
I mean, you, you you had Trayvon Flowers had an interception and the ball dropped. We should have had five, to be honest. I don't care if you got three. That's great. But what about the ones that you had an opportunity to catch? Catch those. Um, as far as Hendon, you know, Hendon's numbers, they look great. But, yeah, Hendon, he missed some throws. He missed some throws. And the, th- the, the attempts, the deep ball attempts late in the game, you wonder, like, was there another option? Or are you just trying to just just try to, you know, throw the haymaker and get out of here? Like it was open, but still, it doesn't matter. It's about completing the ball. Yeah, I, I just wish Hendon and Valus could have connected on that first deep ball attempt because then we're not sitting here having this conversation. Now, I going back to your conversation earlier with Dallas Fall, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Like I, I agree with y'all. I, I would have tried to do the same thing I did at Kentucky and what? That was a bunch of dig routes with, with Tillman, out routes to the sideline yes, with, with yeah, Tillman. Yeah, we had, you had, you had a lot of plays on the sideline. Um, yeah, great I, I would execution. Have tried to, yes, I, I would have tried to do the the same thing. But on on the other hand, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, like you had two plays set up for a walk-off touchdown and you didn't execute. Tillman and, and Hooker – or excuse me, Tillman and Velas, they should connect on that first one. That that should have been a walk off touchdown, and, and that that play happened literally right in front of my face. I was in the end zone. Velas was was running right at me, and if if he had not stopped, I'd be in the hospital right now. I got I got good video of it, and he yelled out an expletive as soon as the ball hit the ground because he knew that should have been a walk off touchdown. That that that. That just should have been executed, and Tennessee wins the football game, and we're not having this conversation. And then on the next play, I mean, the Purdue DB is is holding on for dear life, holding Tillman, slowing him down. It should have been a penalty. should have been pass interference. That's 15 yards, and even though you don't get the completion, you're 15 yards closer to the to the end zone, and Chase McGrath hits a game-winning field goal. And we're not having this conversation either. Or even aside from the defensive pass interference, if if that ball's able to be connected on because Tillman beat his man and, and the guy had to wrap him up in order to stop him, that's a walk-off touchdown as well. So I, I also would have done something else differently, but the execution should have been better as well. For sure, for sure. Let's, let me get back to the phones this morning. And um, who do we have with us? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave Toner. Uh, man, tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow. How many points do you think we left on the on the field? Uh, probably three touchdowns. Probably 21, yeah. 24 points. Uh, ben, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not going to take up much time, guys. I'm parking my car headed to the airport. Uh, I want to uh, do what you can do to be a better you in 2022. Nice. You got you got rhymes like Andy. Nice, Dave Tonner. That's nice. Not not like Andy. Come on now. I mean, Andy, come on now. I mean, a little better. It's, it's, it was a little better. It was a little better. Yeah. Thank you, Swain. Well, guys, listen, uh, the wife has taken me to Pittsburgh, uh, so I'm pulling suitcases out of the car as I'm talking to you. 
and I'm going to jump off of here. I want to tell you guys, love you, appreciate you, and uh, let's, let's move forward. We'll try. We'll try, Daytona, man. Thanks thanks so much for the phone call, man. Hope you have a uh, safe flight, my friend. Um, Purdue. Oh, I'm tipping my cap to Purdue. They um, they were without, they were, were without their top two players. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, who? Who is this fake ass Mike Allstott running on us like this? <laughs> who who is this Xander? Looking like Mike Allstott. How does how does he make the plays that he was making? Seventeen carries, fifty eight yards, and we said this going into this game. They're not going to kill us running the football. They want to throw it because they do it so well. But man, Brom, Brom's a good coach. He's a he good coach. Run it. He got, he, they, they out coach us. It, it, it is what it is. They out play us, out coach us. Their players play harder. I mean, that, that, that touchdown play by the tight end, I can't get that play out of my mind. Three dudes right there, and they you stop playing. You play to the echo of the whistle. Period. Like, I would get that from a DB, but we had linebackers tippy-toeing. Patty caking, chest bumping, hit him, bring him to the ground. <sighs> maybe, maybe I'm cranky. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just cranky because I didn't have enough sleep. Maybe that's it. Well, no, I think you'd feel the same way about the play, even if you had enough sleep, because that, that's how poor of a play that it was. I mean, it, it's inexcusable. Like I uh, earlier, I said they were just running down the sideline for for twenty thirty yards with them, and and like yeah, they they were trying to to strip the ball. But go look at the last ten yards; they're just running next to them and like stop trying to do anything. They stopped trying to to strip the ball out. They they didn't even make a tackle. It's it like they thought the play was dead. What are you doing? How are how are you a multiple year starter in this conference? And this continues to happen. And our our last caller hit the nail on the head. You've got to go out and make a change personnel wise. Uh, Dave Tona was the last caller. Well, the caller before Dave Tona. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you've got to make a change personnel wise. They they've been picky in the transfer portal. I, I don't know how you watch the performance of of the linebackers and and, and Jeremy Banks played well last night. I'm excluding him. Um, I, I don't know how you watch 24 and and then you watch the safeties. And, and you watch the corners, and you think that you have to be picky in the portal. Because based off of, of yesterday and, and several games this year, it's hard to believe that it wouldn't be hard to upgrade. So I, I'm a little confused on how you can be picky in that department. But they, they've got to make personnel changes, or else it'll be the same song and dance next year. Yep, capping out at seven wins. Let's get back to the phones, and then we'll take a top-of-the-hour break. Uh, good morning. Yo, what it do, fellas? What's up, Tramel? Man, happy new year, brothers. Oh, thank you, man. Happy new year to you, too, man. Your family. Congratulations to you, too, man. My big dog, put it in. Put it in that work. <laughs> chill out, chill out, chill out, Tramel. Appreciate you. Oh, my God, man. That was, past two days, it's been the worst, like, you know, not the worst, but you know what I'm saying? It's the basketball team. I'm just like, all right, these football teams going to win tomorrow. Then, 
this gonna happen. He's just like, Ugh. you know, and then like you know they saying the refs and this and the third, but there's no way you have a twenty-one-seven lead and give it up like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, personally wise, I I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna have to do, but he's gonna have to figure out a way. If we get up on teams like this, to kind of either keep putting their foot on the throat, uh, with you know, with more plays called and putting up more points, because it just seems like we get lax. And it's not, it's not the, it's the players, like you said, it's the players and it's the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta, you gotta score. You gotta keep running up the score, man. You gotta keep running up the score. You gotta keep putting your players in positions that you know what I'm saying. To, you know, because we can't keep doing it. We can't keep. You know, so what would you say the stat was in the second quarter? Uh, there was five uh, games this year in the second quarter where we didn't even pick up a first down. Wow. Wow. Like, that, yeah. That's crazy. Like, you can't outscore – like, we ridiculously beat teams in the first quarter. Like, it's, it's you know, the numbers are astronomical. And then to come out in the second quarter, like, we think no first down. No first <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Man, I, I understand that that's what scares me, honestly. Is the teams figuring us out, and then we're having to go into halftime and game plan uh, accordingly to kind of, you know, because like you say, there's not really routes ran in this in this, in this uh, offense. You know, uh, I don't know. What scares me is if it's if this was the same thing down in uh, Florida, what he was doing, where teams figured him out. You know his his record got better, got worse as he as he became. Is, is, is this something that we don't have to worry about as well down the road, or if we get our Jimmy's and those in here, would that be a different situation? Because I know if I think if we get some little bit more guys on defense that kind of like cornerbacks and linebackers, I think that'll put us in a better position to kind of stop some of the bleeding on the defense end, that to where we can put up more points. But that's just thinking optimistically. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, tremendous. Jamel, in the five games that I spoke of, Tennessee had failed to convert a third down. So, and there were five games this season where Tennessee did not convert a third down in the second quarter. So they they picked up a first down, but they didn't convert a third down in five games in second in second in second quarters this year. In five games, no third no third down conversion. Twenty percent on third downs in the second quarter this year, and defensively. Gave up forty eight percent on third downs the second quarter. Wow! So that speaks to the second quarter woes for this this football team. Right. So, okay, I understand offensively and the defense kind of figuring us out a little bit. But, but what's happening defensively? Is it because we don't have the guys? I mean, what's happening? Yes, they, in my they opinion, like they put up plays. They seem like they put up a fight most of the games. Is it is it the Jimmy and Jones? It's a, yes. I, I think it's a, I think it's a a mentality too, man. I think. When you have something that that bites you in the butt on both sides of the of the football, I think it's a mentality. I mean, I think you go out there and you and and you start fast, you you you, let, you land the haymaker, and then you walk away when the guys on the mat, not knowing that they're going to get up. Like they're going to get up and fight back too. This is going. This is a sixty minute football game. It's not over. And I think we we take this deep breath, and then while we taking a deep breath, the other team is throwing punches at us. And we get knocked out in the mat, and then we get up. It's halftime, and all that work you put in in the first quarter was for nothing. It's back to zero zero. Okay, my last other thing. So, what do we do at this point? I guess in the offseason, I know Recruit. we have players and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that mentality has to change. I mean, because I guess I need to go look up the stats, those same stats when he was at UCF. But I mean, you're not going to have the same players. 
and hopefully he evolves a little bit. He, he's gonna have to evolve a little bit with this with this system. You know what I'm saying in this in this division. Would you would you agree? Yeah, 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 oh, I, for, for sure. <laughs> I definitely agree. I, I was ranting and raving about that on my way out of of the game last night to my car. It's, I, 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 I think, I think the handful of of plays that they run because they don't run a ton of plays. It's a handful of right. plays that they run. I think that that hurts them around the goal line. I, I don't like that receivers don't go out for routes on on some passing plays. There's one instance in which Hinden was going through his first two or so progressions on the right side of the field and. He, he one guy's not open, one guy's not open, and he goes back to look at Javante Payton on the other side of the field, and Javante Payton's not running a route. And, and, and if he was running a route, maybe Hinden's able to get him the football. But instead, Hinden has to take off and scramble, and he and he picked up like two yards. So I, I hate that there's some plays where receivers aren't running routes. I, I hate that they're so predictable in, in short yardage situations. Execution being better would obviously help, but I, I still think that they're very predictable in those situations, especially when they go bunch and they run everybody in and it just alerts the defense what's coming and the entire defense stacks the box and then we're surprised as to why we don't pick up the first down. So there's several ways that I think this offense needs needs to evolve. Um, but I do think, generally speaking, Hypo wasn't perfect this year. Tim Banks wasn't perfect this year. They had good years overall. But I think the biggest issue is, is personnel. Yeah, per- personnel, 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 Tramel, and and uh, we we at the top of the hour, man. So we got to run. Thanks right, so much for for the phone call, my man. Um, this is this is how I look at this game in the season. It's not as good as you think it is, and it's not as bad as we think it is. And yep, reality check last night. It, yeah, correct. Um, had a g- good good season, good regular season. Outplayed our personnel in certain areas. In certain areas, you didn't. Uh, the bowl game was 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 terrible because of the the ending. Um, There's a lot of good things to pick out from the bowl game, but the but the ending stinks. Uh, it, it, the sky's not falling, but man, you got exposed on what you have to do to improve this roster. Josh Heupel didn't have his best day calling plays. Simple as that. He didn't have his best time managing the time. Uh, at the end of the uh, end of the game in regulation, so uh, he he certainly did a really good job this year, and so that needs to be highlighted. But at the same time, it's pointing out what didn't happen in the ball game. That's kind of what happened when we get emotional and upset after a loss. We forget about perspective, so still want to keep things in perspective. You did go out there and win seven games, but man. It should have been eight. It should have been eight. We all know that. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout here, a top of the hour break, 865-255-03. Swain event, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Hour two coming up. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event.